read a couple of verses as we begin this time. And we are going to read from the psalm that we have been considering for a couple of months now. If you would turn to Psalm 27, our theme verse is verse 4. And yet, uh, we would like to read for context from the beginning of the psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Who shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And verse 8 says, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. 第八节你说, and we would like to add some verses from the New Testament. In Luke chapter 10, we want to read again this familiar story that we've read recently, a couple of times actually. Starting from verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he, that's the Lord Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, let's read just verse 3. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And finally, from the Gospel of John, 
in chapter 17, verses 15 through 17. I do not ask you, and this is for context, as you remember, this is the prayer of our Lord Jesus, the so-called priestly, high priestly prayer. When our Lord is at the eve of the cross, he's, he knows he's about to go back to the Father. And he offers a prayer in behalf of us, in behalf of his disciples that are staying. And he says, starting in verse 15 in the prayer, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. 我不求你叫他们第十五节，我不求你叫他们离开世界，只求你保守他们脱离那恶者，他们不属世界，正如我不属世界一样。求你用真理使他们成圣，你的道就是真理。Let's have a word of prayer. 让我们祷告。Dear Lord, we are so grateful for the grace and mercy that invites us to be even around your table. We thank you because you have spread the victory feast. And we confess we are so satisfied with what you have done. And yet, Lord, as we turn to your word, we believe that you have something to say to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because you have words that are spirit and life. We do not have such words. We thank you because you do. So we pray, would you speak this morning to us such words that are spirit and life? Would you by your grace and mercy open our ears, open our hearts, that we may hear what you have to say? We thank you, Lord, because it's not about the vessel. It's about the one that speaks, it's about your own word. So for that purpose, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be fully in charge of this time. And open our eyes, open our ears, that we may see, that we may hear. We pray these things for your glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. I already mentioned that our theme, as you know, has been Beholding the Beauty of the Lord. And this morning we would like to look at it from yet another angle. I once read a brother saying something that I I really feel it really helped me. He said that the word of God is can be compared like a diamond. And you know, when a diamond is polished, one of the things about it is that when you look to it from a different angle, it seems to flash different lights depending on how you look at it. And that is, in a sense, it's very true about the Word of God. You look to it from a different angle, and you see something more of the Lord coming through it. So that's our prayer before the Lord, that as we look to our scripture, to our theme verse, through yet another angle, that the Lord may flash something more of Himself to each one of us. So as you know, our theme verse, in some way it states... David's supreme desire. Why supreme? Because he says, one thing 
I asked from the Lord. Not two, not three, one. And there, and there you have his supreme, his desire above anything else. And of course that desire is somehow summed up in that phrase, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. It's something personal. It's not just that David is interested in some truth, in something about the Lord. He wants to behold the person of the Lord himself. His supreme desire. And in that, of course, there has to be a key to Christian life. We know that all things that were written for our instruction were written. So David's supreme desire ought to be our supreme desire to see the Lord Himself, His beauty. And the picture, I hope, is clear to all of us. It's of one that has already seen something of the Lord. But having seen something of him, he was captured by what he saw. And now his desire is to make it like the business of his life, because that's what he says, I want to abide in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. In some way, this describes the experience of one that is deeply in love with the Lord. And in many ways, it reminds us of what we read about the Shulamite in Song of Songs. As you know, the Shulamite, uh, she's one that is completely captivated by her beloved. And again, just like David in the psalm, we see someone that is attracted for what she saw. Even the king in his beauty. We should read a verse or two from Song of Songs just to make that point. If you go to, to verse to chapter five. In verse ten, you have the Shulamite speaking about her beloved. So in my translation, the New American Standard, the, the one that I'm using, it says in verse 10, My beloved is dazzling and ruddy, outstanding among ten thousands. My beloved is dazzling and ruddy. Some translations put it, my beloved is white and ruddy. And not knowing Mandarin, you have to forgive me, but I have no idea what your translation has. But I would like to read from two amplified versions that probably capture in a, in a simpler word than dazzling, because it's a little kind of fuzzy to me. What is the Shulamite saying? One amplified version has it. My beloved is fair and ruddy. The beauty of the Lord. Another puts it this way. My beloved is exquisitely handsome and ruddy, outstanding among ten thousand. But you see, there is one point in common between whether it's David 
whether it's the Shulamite, both of them, that's the supreme desire of their lives. Oh, I want to see more of him. That's above any, it's one thing that I ask from the Lord. Actually, it's most likely that it's from this verse in Song of Songs that the very famous line from that wonderful hymn that we sing, Thou art the fairest of thousands to me. comes right from here. But now I want to call your attention to one specific aspect of the beauty of the Lord that is drawing the Shulamite. If you read from verse 10 to the end of chapter 5, all is a stanza or a paragraph where the Shulamite is describing her beloved. And it's a wonderful poetic description, full of symbolism, where uh, everything says something about our Lord Jesus. Uh, but there is one aspect that very specially seems to capture the attention of the Shulamite about her beloved. And in verse 13, at the end of the verse, the latter part of the verse, we read, His lips are lilies dripping with liquid myrrh. Now, as you know, lips oftentimes are just metaphorically speaking about the speech of a person. Uh, His lips are lilies. Now, lily, there you have another symbol, which oftentimes in scripture stands for beauty. It it may stand for purity as well. Uh, And both symbols, oh, how appropriate. How appropriately they describe the speech, the words of our Lord Jesus. Now, the beauty here is not necessarily the beauty of beautiful someone that knows how to speak well in a flowery, beautiful way in that, you know, good oratory. That's not the idea. There is a quality to the words of our Lord, something that that touches the deepest chords in that Shulamite that causes her to be drawn unto Him. It's almost as if His words, His speech, is a special means by which we can see the beauty. Of the Lord. I want to give you another instance from the Old Testament, another example of the same principle, which uh, is If you remember, it, you have the description in that wonderful song of the king in his glory and his wedding to his bride. And the same two ideas are kind of paired together in verse 2. You are fairer than the sons of man. The beauty of the Lord again. But now listen, grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Not just the beauty of the Lord, but a special channel for that beauty to be manifested. Even His words, words of grace, words that are pure. Oh, 
And of course, this reminds us of the familiar story in the New Testament, which we read. Because there we find our Lord Jesus when he's visiting Bethany. We find this amazing testimony about this sister Mary. We read that Mary, in a way, she's there beholding the Lord Jesus. Did you notice that? She, we find her sitting at the feet of Christ. When someone is sitting at the feet of someone else, you're, you're pretty sure, and she's listening to his words. So most likely, she's there beholding the Lord Jesus at his feet. And the one thing in that sitting and, and, and beholding the Lord is that she's listening to his word. So again, like, it seems that the two ideas are, are there somewhere. Now, like in our song, there is another point of connection between Psalm 27, verse 4, and the story of our sister Mary sitting at the feet of Christ. And we get this from the testimony of the Lord Jesus himself. You remember how Martha, there is a contrast between the two sisters. Because here you have Martha uh, doing something very noble, actually. Which is a little non-intuitive, perhaps. She is occupied in serving the Lord and the whole band that comes with the Lord, you know, to visit. It's not just the Lord by himself. It's most likely the Lord and a bunch of other people. Now, you can imagine, if you receive a big, illustrious band, how busy, if you are if you're in charge of the household, it's going to keep you really busy if you're a good host. And here is Martha, agitated, distracted with many things, but a very noble aim. To serve the Lord, don't forget that. And at some point she couldn't she couldn't hold it anymore. And she kind of complains about her sister and a little bit about the Lord Himself. She says, you remember, Lord, don't you care? <laughs> Lord, aren't you, how come you're letting me serve by myself? And my sister is there just having a good time with you. And, and you know, don't, don't you care about that? And then the Lord makes a testimony about Mary's part or Mary's choice. Uh, Our Lord says this in in the last verse of the story, verse 42. But only, let me read 41 for context. Martha, Martha, you're worried and and bothered about so many things. Uh, Good things, noble things, serving the Lord himself, and yet the Lord is rebuking her. How come? Well, the answer is verse 42. Only one thing. This is the words of our Lord himself. Only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Like in our psalm, one thing. Is it serving the Lord bad? Of course, that's not the point of the Lord. But anything that interferes 
with the one thing becomes bad. 可是你如果有什么事拦阻了那一件事，那就不对了。Even serving the Lord, if it interferes with that one thing that is necessary, it will become bad and detrimental to us. 啊，甚至是服侍主的事，如果这件事他拦阻了那一件事，那就变成不好的。And the one thing that Mary has chosen is to contemplate the Lord to receive His word. 啊，玛利亚选择了就是去瞻仰主。Uh, Beholding the beauty of the Lord, especially in His Word. Uh, well, going back to our song, we have read it from the beginning. I wanted to make sure that we do not forget the context in which that very important verse, one thing I have asked from the Lord, We cannot forget the context in which that verse is inserted. In fact, that astounding declaration from David is given to us in the context of an intense conflict and opposition. Did you notice that? 你有没有看到在大卫的这个诗篇里头，他有讲到是一个极大的征战？ He speaks of evil doers coming to devour his flesh. That's that's a little tough, right? He speaks about adversaries, about my enemies. He speaks of a host or an army encamped around him. I would say that that's quite a bit of opposition. Right, 我我觉得这是一个不小的一个啊征战。And in the midst of that situation, of that atmosphere of opposition, is when David utters that wonderful verse. It's almost like a a complete contrast out of nowhere. One thing I have asked for from the Lord. 在这样子的一个环境一个征战里头呢，大卫好像不知道从哪里来的这一句，说有一件事我曾求耶和华。Well, I believe there is a reason for so much opposition. There is a spiritual reason why someone that has that one desire, that one supreme desire, will, you know, it's kind of, you can expect something coming your way. But at the same time, there is a wonderful connection in the song. Because David makes that one desire that he has almost like the ground for an assurance of victory and deliverance. Did you notice it? Oh, I don't know if you noticed that David is using this desire to make him victorious. So, in a way, brothers and sisters, I feel that none of us should be afraid. But I'm making a sentence that I realize is very scary, right? Well, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, you can expect coming something, something coming your way. And say, oh, I don't want that. 嗯，我好像在说，如果呃，如果你愿意呃有这样子的追求的话，似乎就会有这些呃呃这些征战来来临。But if you go back to to our theme verse, I want to read again the next verse. 你回到我们的主题经文，我们来读一下下一节。Because right after David states that supreme desire. His one thing that he aims at to behold the beauty of the Lord. Ah, 就是在大卫说了这有一件事，他的这个最终的这个愿望。He says in verse five, "For in the day of trouble, He, God, will conceal me in His tabernacle." 在第五节，因为我遭遇患难，他必暗暗的保守我。Do you see the connection? 你可以看到这个呃间关系吗？ It's as if the, the the one thing that he desires becomes almost the ground, the assurance that God will protect me. He will take care of me. Ah, 好像他这个追求的这一件事情乃是变成一个基础，相信啊神会保守他。He will conceal me in his tabernacle. Ah, 他会把我藏在他的帐幕里。Now, saints, it's no wonder. I think it shouldn't be a lot of wonder for us. That there should be so much opposition if you have that one desire. Ah, 我想你如果有这样子的一个盼望的话，啊，似乎是有这些征战会来临
Because the enemy knows very well that when we are beholding the beauty of the Lord, when like Mary, we sit at the feet of the Lord and hear, listen to His words, the enemy knows very well that, and I want to use a phrase that Dana used in one of his sharings a couple of months ago, Something of victory lays hold of us. He said it something in those lines. Uh, the enemy knows that. And if he can, he'll do anything in his power to prevent you from pursuing that one thing. Why something of victory would lay hold of us? When we have that one desire, one thing to behold His beauty. It's not because of you, it's not because of me, it's not because we have a noble goal. That's not the reason. But when we make that one thing the desire of our life, it places us in a living relationship with the victor himself. And that is victory. You're in a living connection with, with the victorious one, you're safe. Now, brothers and sisters, this applies to our lives in the in our personal Christian life, if I can, for lack of a better term. This is something that should be our individual desire in a way. But even more, the same principle applies to us in a corporate sense. The same conflict is also something, not just personal, not just to my, it applies individually, but it's more than that. That conflict also concerns the grand scheme of God's purpose. Now, we've been quoting a verse from the New We didn't read it this morning, but I'm sure you should remember it. We've been quoting uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Uh, when Paul says that we, we are with an unveiled face, we all, we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. It's very interesting. He's behold, he says, beholding the glory of the Lord. Not beauty, but glory. Uh, but, in way, but in a way, they're almost interchangeable. Uh, and what, what happens when we, as in a mirror, behold the glory of the Lord? Uh, we are being transformed into the same image, the image of Christ, from glory to glory. And if you remember, that's precisely when Paul states what is God's purpose in Romans chapter 8. That's precisely how he states God's purpose. He has predestined us to become like his son. And what is the means that that is going to be accomplished? 2 Corinthians 3. Or Psalm 27, if you want. As we behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. When that one thing is a reality in our lives, God's purpose is being fulfilled, is advancing, if you will, in your life and in my life. But let's look at from another verse in the New Testament. 
我们可以从新约另外一段看点。Actually, our brother prayed this this morning.其实有一位弟兄今天早上有祷告。You remember Ephesians chapter five.记记得以弗所书第五章。In verse twenty-six, here you have another way, the purpose of God, what He's after, described in different terms, but it's, it's the same purpose.哦，这里也有提到，就是呃，从另外一个方，另外一个角度来看同样神的旨意。In verse twenty-five, Paul says. So that he, that's the Lord Jesus, he might sanctify her, the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That he might present to himself the church in all her, in all her glory. Having no spot or wrinkle. Or any such thing. But that she would be holy and blameless. How is the Lord sanctifying the church so that one day he may present it holy, glorious? What is his means? Uh, by the washing of water, by the word. I hope, brothers and sisters, we can see the picture here. As we behold the glory of the Lord, we are being conformed to His image. And in the process, as we hear His words, that Word of God is washing us and making us into that glorious church that He is after. 哦，在这一个经历当中呢，他就慢慢在转变我们，叫我们慢慢成为一个荣耀的教会。So brothers and sisters, these verses seems to elevate our theme to way more than something simply personal, simply David's individual desire or your individual desire, which should be there. There is no question about it, but it's way more than something personal. 所以弟兄姐妹，这个让我们看见，这是完全的、远远的超越了啊，单单只是。Something of God's eternal purpose is connected with this matter. As we behold that beauty, He's transforming us into His image. As we sit at His feet, and listen to his words, that word will wash us. And that's how the Lord will sanctify us and obtain a glorious church. Now let me go back to this someone and ask you the question. If that is the case, should it be any surprise to us that there is such conflict around this matter? I feel the enemy knows only very well what is God's purpose and what is his means to accomplish his purpose. And therefore, he will do everything in his power to prevent us from pursuing that one thing that is necessary. Which brings it to the verse we read at the beginning in 2 Corinthians 11. Maybe we should read it again. Here's Paul speaking to the Corinthians, and he says, By the Holy Spirit, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Here you have Paul stating, with all his 
his spiritual perception. What is the craftiness of Satan? What is he after? And maybe to our surprise, he's not saying that Satan is trying to make us fall in the most terrible way. There is something way more subtle than that. The aim is to lead us astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. He's trying to prevent that one thing from being a reality in my life, in your life, in our life corporately. Again, I don't know what you have in your translation. In the one that I'm using, simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And I really appreciate that word purity because there is something that comes across to me as very pictorial. Sometimes we think impurity in terms of some sort of holiness, which is it's related, don't get me wrong. But that word purity simply means something something pure is something where there is no mixture. Uh, I know that there are some saints in our midst that are into chemistry. I wish I could understand anything about it, but I don't. But one thing I seem to understand, a substance is called pure in chemistry when there is no mixture. At least that was I heard. In, in, if it changed since, please don't hold it against me. A substance is, is considered pure if there is no mixture in that substance. Singleness. One thing. Not two, not many. One thing I have asked from the Lord. That I may behold His beauty. That is what the enemy will get after us, brothers and sisters. Trying to prevent that one thing from being a reality. All his craftiness is aimed simply in in causing us to get into many things. And instead of being like Mary, simply sitting at the feet of the Lord and receiving his words. The enemy would have us listening to many voices. Many things. Many opinions. And before we know it, we become like Martha. We're distracted. Worried. Preoccupied. Even bothered. See, and the enemy, when that happens, his aim, he, he, has, he has got the upper hand. Brothers and sisters, I feel that this is especially relevant when it comes to the Word of God. Because if his Word is that key, in this matter of the church being sanctified and washed and becoming a glorious church. If the word indeed is that special means that reveals to us the beauty of the Lord. Is it any surprise that the enemy will, will concentrate in somehow touching that, 
in not making it real in our lives. 那仇敌是不是会就啊、呃、特别要针对这件事情啊、呃、叫他的道不至于成为在我们生活里面变成实际 ？Today, dear saints, we live in days where there are so many voices going on. 啊、uh, ，圣徒们，我们活的日子真是有许多的事充满。And frankly speaking, I'm not even thinking on the world. Although we know that, right? It's it's confusion. Everyone has an, an opinion, a very strong opinion usually, and all the voices are there. 啊、uh, ，我甚至不是在讲啊、uh, 事关乎世界啊， uh, 因为在我们周遭就有许多啊、uh, 不同的声音。But even in the Christian world, for surprise, in a way there are so many voices. 啊，甚至在所谓的基督教的世界里头啊，有许多的声音。Christian traditions being pushed forward， 有一些基督徒的传统。Christian values， Christian causes， 有一些基督徒的啊啊，他们的他们的喜喜好。I'm talking about good causes. I'm not talking about something that is necessarily bad in itself. 啊，他们都是似乎是良好的一些传统。Even many, sadly and honestly, many conspiracy theories breeding among Christians becoming accepted. So many voices going on. Ah, 甚至有一些理论，甚至在基督徒的呃圈子当中啊，都是被被人听到的。And the question could be, well, if those things are good in themselves, and perhaps they are, maybe there is a cause there. Then in in itself, there is nothing wrong with it. It may be even biblical. Ah. 甚至就是这些东西，甚至是似乎是呃合乎圣经的。What is the problem then？ 这问题是什么呢 ？Oh, if all those things distract us from the one thing, the enemy has got the upper hand. 呃，如果这些事情会吸引我们的注意，叫我们偏离了这一件事，那仇敌就占上风了。In days of so many voices, of so many things that are Clamoring for our attention, frankly. Uh, in our neighborhood, there are so many voices that want to attract our attention. Listen to the words of your Lord. In John chapter 10, he says, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me." Good listen to the words of your Lord. In John chapter 10, he says, If all the voices, if all the causes, if all the things that are being advocated, they somehow detract from hearing His voice, from the personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, we become like Martha. If all these many things or these voices, they somehow detract from hearing His voice, from the personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, we become like Martha. If something good in itself that she's pursuing, ah, maybe this thing is good in itself. And yet, somehow we become agitated, we become restless, and the one thing is lost. 可是当你的心忙乱了，或者是愁烦了啊，那这件这件事就失去了。I want to put it really frankly. 啊，我想要很啊开放的跟您说。I'm not putting this as legalism. Not at all. That's not the point. 啊，我们不是把它当成一个呃像律法一样的。We have today in the in the voices today. Let's put it this way. They seem to be amplified. We now have many voices, which seem to be amplified by a megaphone that we call social media. Uh, like using this coin machine, we have some social media. Was there ever a megaphone in human history? Uh, in human history, was there ever a megaphone? And was there ever as many voices? As many opinions, and I'm talking just among the church. I'm not even thinking in the world, which is it's even worse, perhaps. But just in the in the in the realm of Christendom, how many voices, brothers and sisters? We even not talk about in the world's voice, but just in the Christian world, there are many voices, like a megaphone. Now, if the enemy knows that that one thing. Is the thing that will fulfill the purpose of God. Of course, he's going to aim at that. Ah, 如果仇敌知道我们有一件事情瞻仰神的荣美，他就会针对这件事情。Of course, he has he is vested in in interest that we are we become dissipated in many things, and that one thing becomes diluted in our lives. Ah, 他就会用许多的方法，许多的声音啊，叫我们的心
啊沉沦，而不至于会专注这一件事。Our Lord Jesus, He knows that very well from the beginning, of course. 啊，我们的主耶稣他从起初就知道这件事。And I want to read a verse from you from the Sermon on the Mount. 啊，我盼望从啊登山宝训里头跟大家说一句。In Matthew chapter seven, verse seventeen, verse fifteen. 啊，马太马太福音第七章第十五节。Our Lord says. Beware of the false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 你们要防备假先知，他们到你们这里来，外面披披着羊皮，里面却是残暴的狼。And I hope you see that our Lord is is saying there will be voices out there. 我希望你可以看见主是在说，你外头会有许多的声音。Beware of those voices. 你们也要注意那些声音 ，because the voices they sound wonderful. They sound it comes in in sheep clothing. So you look at it. Okay, this is for me, right? 因为那些声音呢，啊是好像美好的，因为他们都披着羊皮。It may be even a, a verse in the Bible. 啊，甚至是圣经的话。It may be one of the many causes that are being kind of advocated out there that are in themselves they they may look very good. 啊，甚至是有一些人，他们所专注的一种活动啊，或者是任何的慈善的行为。And yet our Lord says, "Beware, careful." 可是，可是主却说，你们要防备。There is a danger there. 这里有一个危险。To give you another example, the Apostle Paul, he was very, very clear about the same thing about he says about Satan's strategy in Second Corinthians. 啊，这保罗，使徒保罗在哥林多后书。But if you turn to Acts chapter 20, to me there is a verse that, in many ways,、uh, it, it really surprises me. Ah, in the Apostles' Letters, the second chapter, there is a verse that I find very surprising. If you remember, in Acts chapter 20, Paul is addressing the elders in the church of Ephesus. Ah, in the Apostles' Letters, the second chapter, Paul is addressing the elders in the church of Ephesus. This is at the end of his ministry in Ephesus. Ah, 这是他在啊以弗所的执事的呃结束 Then we, from what we understand, is the fullest ministry among his all his missionary journeys. The fullest ministry was in that period of three years in Ephesus. Ah, 在他的保罗的传道的行程当中啊，这个他最丰满的。Uh, and at the end of that period of three years, he's saying a word of farewell to the elders. So in that three-year period, he's saying a word of farewell to the elders. Now listen to what he says. I'm going to read something from verse 29. We'll just read verse 29. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves. Men will arise, and he's talking again to the elders of the church of Ephesus, where that richest ministry was occurred. So again, verse 30: From among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. 我知道我去之后，第二十九节必有凶暴的豺狼进入你们中间，不爱惜羊群，就是你们中间也必有人起来。说被谬的话，要引诱门徒跟从他们，所以这是在讲到这以弗所的长老。It seems like a quite a grim picture, especially in in that church where that richest ministry had happened. 啊，这似乎是一个一段很比较黑暗的话啊，甚至是在那他服侍了三年的教会。How can they be kept from that danger? Something so subtle, because that's the thing. If you see the wolf coming, well, you run away. But what happens when you see something that looks like a sheep? It's in sheep clothing and saying things that are in the Bible. What do you do? It seems that is there any any way to be protected? 可是你如果看到好像是羊过来的时候，甚至也说圣经的话，那你要如何呢 ？Listen to verse thirty-two. 你听第三十二节。And now he's going away. He's departing, and he says, "And now I command you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among the, all those 
or sanctified. It is as if Paul is saying, Yes, I'm going away. And there will be perverted men even among you that will rise up and will try to draw the disciples away. But here is your protection. I command you to God and to the word of His grace. The one thing that is your protection. Even beholding the beauty of the Lord, especially in His words. I feel we clearly, especially in this day and age, when so many voices, so many opinions are out there in, in Christian circles, we clearly need that protection from the Lord. And the wonderful thing, our Lord Jesus, in a very similar setting than Paul, our Lord is going back to the Father in John 17. How can those disciples be kept? How can they be protected? Again, let me read for you verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. We don't have time to go through the whole chapter. But if you read the chapter carefully, it's very clear that one of those main, one of the main burdens of the Lord is that his disciples would be kept from this world. How can they be kept? Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Now the question, brothers and sisters, for all of us, myself included, are we abiding in the word of our Lord? You know, there is a saying in the world, which is very true. I'm not sure that, I don't know if it exists in, in Chinese or not. My brother will help me here. But we used to say here in the U.S. and in other places in the West, you are what you eat. You have something like that? And you know, in the natural realm, that's, it's almost intuitive. If I eat junk food from dawn to dusk, well, I'm not going to be very healthy, right? But dear brothers and sisters, in the spiritual realm, did you notice how applicable that saying is? Oh yes, you are, you will be spiritual what you eat. Let me ask you, what is your spiritual diet? You know, there is a, a terrible risk that we go start going to the internet. And before we know it, I'm talking about Christian circles. I'm not talking about any other thing. Just to, you know, the, the, all the social media stuff that is out there. Instagram, WhatsApp groups, WeChat, I hear is all the, the, the rave, right? I don't know, you name it. But don't forget, that becomes, even if you, don't, if you think that it doesn't, it becomes your spiritual diet. Before you know it. Uh, 你, 
It will very subtle, in a very subtle way, it will mold, form your mentality. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not take the mold, the, 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 the shape that the world wants to impose upon you. Even the Christian world, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I just want to end. I want to take our saying, you are what you eat. And give you an example. It's, it's not in the Bible. I never saw it in the Bible. If you see it, let me know. But I, I never saw it there. Oh, but we see the principle in the Bible. And I want to give you one example of that principle. From the two last churches in Revelation 2 and 3. You know, and that's I'm talking about Philadelphia and Laodicea. You know, it has been said, and I believe it's very true. Again, the word of God is like a diamond. And you can, if you look at it from different angles, it will flash different lights. One of the ways you can look at those seven churches is prophetically. Each one of them representing a phase of church history from the very beginning of in the apostolic time to all, all the end, the days of Laodicea before the coming of the Lord. There are many other ways to look at those seven churches. And I feel that there is truth in all of that. Now think about this. How appropriate that Laodicea, the, the very meaning of that word, Laodicea, you know what it is? The people's opinion. As if the Church of Christ was intruded, not by the mind of Christ, but by the mind of the world, is the people's opinion that predominates the And what is the result? Oh, complacency. Lukewarmness. Instead of being hot or cold, it's something completely in between. Our Lord Jesus, who is the head outside the door, knocking. What was their spiritual diet? The opinion. Of the people. Brothers and sisters, if social media becomes our diet, before you know it, that will mold you, not according to the mind of Christ, according to another mind that is trying you to take you away from the one thing that really matters. Now consider the other church, Philadelphia. What was her diet? Because you have kept my word. Because you have kept my word. Dear saints, Oh, may the Lord be gracious to us. May like Mary, may we choose wisely. 
Mary has chosen the good part. Even sit at the feet of her master. And feed upon her his word. And when that becomes your choice and you abide in that choice, nothing can can take that away from you. Did you notice that? May the Lord be merciful to us. Let's have a season of prayer. If the Lord leads you to pray, please uh, respond in prayer. Uh, 如果主带领你，我们有一些祷告的时间。